Hi, I'm Cameron. And I'm Dominique. We both work for Starting Right Now, also known as SRN. A lot of times, homeless youth are spoken for. Often people assume what homeless youth would need, and I want homeless youth to be able to speak for themselves. We're getting ready to blow up the best kept secret. Beautiful unaccompanied youth. On this episode of Raising Me, we're talking with Shanquel. When the deputies come and they take your stuff out of your house, they throw it wherever. And I have all these emotions I can't even conceptualize at this point. Just to be displaced, like 100%. I've hurt, but it made me who I am today. Now through trials and tribulations, I still celebrate. Cause I'm starting right now. I'm starting right now. Dominique and I are here with Shanquel. Who is a student of SRN. So when we asked you to do this podcast, why were you, why did you want to participate? Um, I mean, I love that idea of giving people an actual voice and not just shouting that they need a voice, but okay, can we actually create a place where these people can talk? Let's so why don't you tell us, who are you? Where'd you come from? Who am I? Um, so I'm Shan Quo. Uh, I am 24. Um, I am originally from Rochester, New York. I uh, spent like 12 years there before I moved to Tampa when I was 12. I moved here with my mom, um, and so we kind of got established here uh, somewhat. <laughs> and um, then at 15 is when our house fell into foreclosure that we were renting to own, and so we were homeless. Um, we also She had a, also had a newborn at that time, too, uh, so it was very difficult. So the only way that she ended up getting help, they said, was would be through your child's school. Mm-hmm. So I was the way out, essentially. And so we ended up getting connected with starting right now. So, but the the school district knew about your situation because your mom. Because my mom. Okay. Right. So school district knew that we were jumping from house to house. Like she had friends from work and stuff that would let her stay and things like that. Both of you. Um, yes. Uh-huh. Me, my mom, and my little sister. Right. So we're all like a sharing a room. A newborn. Mm-hmm. Two months. Um, so yeah. So jumping from house to house, and. Um, we didn't want to live in a shelter because shelters are scary. Like and, definitely, and like mm-hmm. stuff can happen there. So we didn't want to live in a shelter. So we just lived where we could. Like so I said. So did you know that you just made a comment that your family? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> <laughs> that basically your family success was riding on you. Yeah, did you know that? I mean, I don't like, know. Did your I mom guess, say I, to you, "Hey, well, she said this is the in, way for us to get help." That is a lot it's of pressure for a fifteen. I didn't even know what that meant though. Uh huh. Through your help. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, yeah. how, do, how are you feeling while all this is going on? I just wanted to get help. I was tired of living in one bedroom with my mom and my sister. We were staying with somebody. They got evicted from their house. And then we had to go stay with their mama. So mm. it was like five of us in one room at one point. And, like, my mom was still trying. Like, she was still trying to work, still getting money where she could. My mom was hard work. Like, she always going to get money somehow, some way, and find mm. a way out. Yeah, I've met your mom. Your mom yeah. is very hard <laughs> Everybody knows. My mom will work. Five jobs. But that's where you get it from. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes naturally. Mm-hmm. So literally, so we, um, they, they said the only way you're going to get help is if you go through the school. So what happened? So she you're met the social office. worker, I mm-hmm. guess. So she talked to the social worker at the school. These people didn't even know exist at your school. So I guess she met this lady, um, talked to the social worker, and the lady told her, I guess she told her about SRN. I have no idea. Anyway, it was a whole table of people. I had no idea who these people were, what we were talking about. But then it just like asked me about my life, like, you know, in school and stuff like that. And I want to say that Miss Vicky talked to us outside, and she was like, I'm going to help you because mm. of her. 
just so you know that. Like, and my mom was like, hey, I don't care. Like, any way we can get help, that's it. So, oh, because of they, you. Right, because of me. Uh-huh. Because she, she was like, we don't take families in. We usually mm-hmm. just take in the, the student. Mm-hmm. But we want to keep your family together, obviously. And she was like, so I'm going to help because you, like, I see you have something here. So, and that, that was it. And so can you explain the circumstances under which you, you and your mom and your baby sister became homeless? Yeah. Because the thing that I'm always, that I have learned after doing this for many years, but still find really shocking, is that a lot of times the circumstances under which the students we have in our program find themselves homeless, mm-hmm. are, they're not in their control. Like right. These are circumstances beyond what, their control. Okay, so before my baby sister even existed, my mom and I lived in a home in Gibsonton, it was a rent-to-own kind of house. My mom mm-hmm. obviously wants to own a home so bad, uh, and it seemed like a good idea. The man, he was really nice and all this information, and obviously you don't think you're getting swindled in the process of trying to own a home. Dun, dun, but dun. <laughs> that's kind of what went down. Um, so we lived there for uh, about two years. Mm-hmm. So in so that's first year, we, we were by ourselves, just me and my mom. Mm-hmm. Then she ended up getting into a relationship and had my little sister. So that year that after she had my little sister, she had ended up like quitting her job because she thought that obviously the man that she was with would help her out and that she could find something new if she didn't like her job anymore. Mm-hmm. So one, she had, she was unemployed. And then two, next thing you know, like um, I come home probably like that Friday before everything went down. Um, and I seen a piece of paper on the door that said something about you will have to vacate the property in 48 hours. Mm. Nobody else said anything. So I, I just ignored it too. Cause I'm like, well that's obviously, out of my pay grade. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need to worry about that. So yeah. mm-hmm. I didn't. Did you know what that means? I was 15. Right. No. Uh-huh. I was just like, there's I don't just a know. sign on the door. Maybe we pay the rent or something. Right. Like, it, it got figured out. Uh-huh. I don't know. Nobody said anything. I, I promise you. Like, nobody said anything. So I just ignored well, it. I mean, too. Why would anyone say and anything? Why to would a anybody? Correct. 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 It's not your business. But also, if you've grown up where I grew up and how I have grown up, mm-hmm. I'm in the mix usually of everything. Right. So, but nobody said anything. So I thought we're good. Mm-hmm. I didn't stress it. Uh, it's two adults, actual adults in the house. So I'm thinking we're good. Coming home, so how the bus system works is like, even if your uh, stop is before someone else's stop, Mm -hmm. the bus can't let you cross in front of the bus. Okay. So I had to pass by my, I always had to pass by my entrance to go drop off at the other entrance for the bus to make a U-turn and come back and drop me off. Okay. That makes sense, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. you can't cross the street. Correct. Mm-hmm. So Almost I like always, going on a cul-de-sac. Yes, yes. it's a cul-de-sac, okay. exactly. So every time I would go home, I would always see my house, mm-hmm. you know, because I know I'm going to pass it by. So this time, I'm driving, we're driving home, and I see a bunch of stuff on the yard. But I'm like, that's not my yard. Like, somebody else is having a yard sale. Like, it's not my yard. I don't know. Like, But I'm freaking out because I'm confused. Like, if this is my house, why mm-hmm. is all our stuff sitting on the yard Mm -hmm. so anyway i'm trying to think about it praying about it everything like as we're driving but did you you know i didn't know okay i didn't know but because i didn't know what that meant like i said the paper on the door i didn't know what it meant Mm -hmm. but i'm also just like this is this looks bad if this is my house i know we didn't have a yard sale like Mm -hmm. i know this This is is all happening within seconds literally what's going on all of this and trying to convince myself it's not my house not my house like that's literally Mm -hmm. what i was doing in those like five seconds of going to drop the other person off, doing a U-turn and coming back. And so we get back to my stop mm-hmm. and I'm not the only one that gets off at my bus stop. So it's me and two other kids. I'm not close to them, but we know each other because we stop at the bus stop together. Mm-hmm. You know, we stand at the bus stop together. Getting off the bus, we're all walking. And my house is pretty close to the bus stop, so it's not that far. So obviously I realize that it is my house as mm-hmm. I'm walking further towards it. And everybody's kind of looking at me like... What's what the going hell's on? going on with your house, girl? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And so I'm like approaching it and literally everything you own is sitting on the front yard. And like when the deputies come and they take your stuff out of your house, they throw it wherever 
and they don't care how it's thrown in. So you got like sheets of stuff with clothes and like food and like, I don't know, utensils and like detergent. Like they throw everything together and it's like all your stuff just sitting on the yard. And like I said, everybody's kind of like passing by and looking because it's not a yard sale. It doesn't look at all like a yard sale. Um, so I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I understand. So, so your mom didn't gather your stuff and like had to pull out they the house. They can help the if they can, but the, the police, for the most part, wow. they're tossing, like they bust in your house and they take everything out and toss it. And so and my mom had mom? just got back from a, ah. a appointment for my baby sister. My mm-hmm. baby sister would just turn two months. So she just got back from the hospital with her getting her appointment. So I come and she was like, I came like in the midst of it happening. And so, well, my mom came in the midst of it happening. I came after it was all done. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like approaching my mom and she's looking at me like, I don't know what to say. Like she mm-hmm. just looks empty and I have all these emotions that I can't even kind of, I can't even conceptualize at this point um, from embarrassment to confusion to frustration to mm-hmm. like just to be displaced, like a hundred percent displaced. Like you don't know where you're going to sleep that night. Your stuff is just messed up. Like mm-hmm. it's just thrown everywhere. You don't even know where anything is because it's just all tossed together in sheets and bags and whatever they can find. They mm-hmm. just throwing it out. They don't care who lives there. They don't care who, you know, how you got here. It's like it's your fault or something. Like like you're the reason you're homeless. And it's like you don't even know what happened. Like I yeah, have no idea. You're just a kid. Correct. And mm-hmm. so. It sounds very violating and very exposing. It is. Yeah. Somebody just bust in your house and took all your stuff and just tossed it out. So. It it was bad enough that we were just trying to sell what we could mm-hmm. as people passed by and like empathetic neighbors buying stuff. You were selling your things? Yeah. A- oh, after like you got off the, the boat, <laughs> off, off the bus. <laughs> we were selling stuff. We were standing there trying to figure out what we were going to do. Oh my God. Started selling stuff. Like I had an organ that my church gave me when I was a little kid, sold it to a neighbor that was willing to take it. Like vacuum. So at this point, you understand, do you understand what it all means? I've been homeless before, so I knew mm-hmm. what this meant. But it was like extreme because we didn't have family or or anybody that we knew we could go to. Right, because you're not Cause in New York Because in New York, you moved we to had this family. House. Yes. Correct. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we got somewhere to go. And we were in that sense kind of prepared for it. But this one, I think it was just like left field. And we weren't evicted in that sense. Like mm-hmm. we were supposed to be trying to move when that happened in New York. But here, this wasn't planned at all, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so we ended up, my mom had some money. So she did get a truck to get some stuff to put in storage. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up staying in a hotel um, for that week. Is there ever an explanation for the guy you're renting from? The guy was ghost. He went ghost. Literally just Literally ghost. My mom kept trying to call him and everything. So the house fell into foreclosure, but he was still taking our money for rent. Oh, wow. So it was like $1,200 or whatever we were paying for rent. He was still mm-hmm. taking that money, but he knew the house was falling into foreclosure. And you have mm-hmm. no way of... And we have no way... I don't even know who to... Like, if the man exists anymore, if he even lives in America, we don't know. Like he legit haven't heard just from him disappeared. Since. Like Literally, my mom you kept heard trying, since. never, That's never crazy. seen the man, never heard a man, ever again. My mom kept trying to call him. It was, but he still took the checks. Mm-hmm. Like how, like how sick are you? Like you literally kept taking money, knowing that this house is gonna fall in the foreclosure. He just disappeared. I'm just curious. I keep hearing this word over and over in my head that you said about pressure, like all this pressure that's on this 15-year-old. So do you instantly, with all the emotion that you feel, go into action mode of, we have to start selling things? Or is it like, like, I have to take care of my sister? And you described your mom as empty. Do you take care of her too? Like, what's going on with Shane is My mom is like me. We Mm -hmm. just suppress and move forward. Like, Mm -hmm. we ain't got time to sit here and cry. We ain't got time to sit here and be mad, frustrated. Whatever, we got to figure out our next move. Where Mm -hmm. we about to eat? Where we about to sleep? Where we about to go? Like, that's... That's, I get that naturally from my mom. It's like not healthy. Spirit. It's not healthy, but it's definitely how we cope when mm-hmm. stuff is going down. So, like, 
she was empty and like I was empty because I didn't even know how to process anything that was happening. Mm -hmm. But like I said, we had people that would pass by that our neighbors and stuff. So we sold what we could, packed up what we could, and we stayed in a hotel for that week. Mm -hmm. I was still getting dropped off at the bus stop. Like everything was like, it was fine, but we had nowhere to stay. And then yeah, the money so runs out for the hotel. And then that's when we started jumping that's out of the house. With people. But people at school, before your mom had yeah. contacted the school, mm -hmm through other social services. No one at the school knew? I don't know. Yeah, nobody knew. Cause I, I keep it, I, I kept it all in. Like mm -hmm. I wasn't telling friends, no, none of my friends knew. I think my friends found out I was homeless like in undergrad or something like that. In undergrad like, of my college? Best friends, yeah, like my best wow. friends. I think, I, no, I sent her my personal statement. My best friend was like, you were homeless mm -hmm. in high school? Like we were friends, I was like, yeah. Like, this is your best friend in high school. Yes. So how do you feel about that? Cause like for me, I'm like a real friend knows everything. Correct, but I also just, I don't know. I compartmentalize. So yeah, when I'm at school... To. Well, I mean, the thing I was going to yeah. say is that you said you don't process, but really, you don't have time to process. <laughs> right. You have to move. That's why I never learned uh -huh. how to process. <laughs> right. That's what I said. It's like never you had, had this like, hustler to. spirit. Correct. You had to keep going. You, you had no going. time. No, that's seriously. Like, it. And like that is honestly... That's poverty. Just, that's just kids and poverty. Like, you mm -hmm. don't have time. There is no time mm -hmm. for you to feel. There is no time for me to sit and talk to you about what's going on because we got to eat. We got to go to work. We got to. I know something I've realized so, once again in doing yeah. this for 10 years is that my like boredom is actually a luxury. Times when I have nothing <laughs> to do. I really appreciate it. I'm dead serious because it's like I have nowhere else I have to be yeah. right now. Yeah. Wow. I was going to make a comment that it's not that you're not processing your feelings yeah. because they come out just in different forms. Mm. So maybe you're not in, at least in my experience yeah. with SRN, oh, yeah. kids take out their anger yes. and frustration or sadness ways. in other ways. Yep. And well, so I mean, maybe. You do too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, for sure. I try. <laughs> Lord knows I try, I mean, but I I'm getting better at it. But it's like yes. maybe you weren't telling people what was going on right. and crying, but, but you were acting out in other ways yeah, to I was express pretty, your feelings. I was pretty damn mean. If you ask anybody, as anybody. Literally, my mom is shaking her head right now. That's point. Like, I talk it. about it. I hate the world. Like, I hated the world. And that's so bizarre for me because the person I know world. is like this even, right. calm human. I know. She's yeah. so delightful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean. No, I was so mean. Well, yeah. I mean. So mean. I think there are a lot of things that have to be aligned in order for you to be kind. I mean, there's so many people that yeah. talk about be, how being kind is easy. True. But it's like, if you're homeless, you uh -uh. have total. I understand why you would not be kind. For real. Yeah. For real. And why you would be mad at the world. Mad at the world. Yeah, especially so. if you're a 15-year-old mm -hmm. who hasn't done, like, it's not, not your fault. Not even that it was your mom's fault, right. but it certainly wasn't yours. Right. You were doing your job, which yes. is being a student. Right. Mm -hmm. Correct. What would you say to someone who thinks <laughs> that all homeless youth are bad? Yeah, that is, that's stupid. Like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> there's no nice way to put that because nobody chooses to be homeless. People don't necessarily put themselves in a situation to be homeless. Mm -hmm. And like, what? Like, why would you think just because they're bad? Like, no. Like, it's a situation. Like, that's it. You mm -hmm. were, in for unfortunately, a situation happened. This is your circumstances. The situation doesn't define you. It doesn't mm -hmm. say who you are. It doesn't say how you're going to even react. And also, if you, it, it doesn't take anything to be just like that. You can end up in that situation. One bad accident or lose your job or whatever. And you can end up in that same situation mm -hmm. and be well, homeless, too. In your case, too. it was a... It was and a it, series of complicated exactly. and entangled circumstances. Yes, that I had no control over. Yeah, that you and had if I was to react out of that situation, like, how are you going to blame me for that? Right. Well, yes. if someone had considered you bad because of your attitude. Because of my attitude. You wouldn't have had all the resources you had to get to where you are Correct. today. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. If I was the way I was in the program when Miss Vicky first met me, 
would I even got in? Like, would I? Would you see me as a bad person and you wouldn't accept me because of that? Like, mm-hmm. what? No. It's a situation. You're reacting out of that. And especially as a youth, we don't even know how to conceptualize half the stuff that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. So that, you just, yeah. And I, um, on the same note, I just want to make sure that um, it's communicated. I don't want to put words into your mouth, but yeah. I want to make sure that your mom is represented in the yes. right way. Because she is a victim in all this, too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the biggest victim. And she shielded me. Like, even though I suffered stuff, like, that was her shielding me from all the worst stuff that could possibly went down. Like, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we could have ended up in a shelter, or she may have not had a friend or been able to get a friend that can help, or even went out to try to get help. Like, my mom is definitely a victim in this situation. Because it could have happened to anybody. Your house fell into foreclosure, and you're, the person that's owned the home just doesn't tell you and just lets it fall into foreclosure and you stuff. Yeah. Well, and for me, the fact that she was trying, like she's going to all these different yes. places trying to figure Every out how day. to get you two stability, yes. you and your sister. Yes. Like, to me, that's what's most mind-boggling. Like, yeah. she went to the city, she went to the school, she strap was going to figure a out a way. Strap strap to your chest, hot on the bus in the middle of Florida, like in Florida. Mm-hmm. Well, in a strange place. Is that since I've known your mom, yeah. I've met her a couple of times, but mm-hmm. she has educated herself. Yeah. I mean, Correct. she she is invested in her own well-being <laughs> yes yeah exactly so right yeah. education is important to all of us it's just it's not an ideal situation to go to school with kids and you're working and stuff like that the world doesn't make it easy for you to do it if you don't mm. get it right before you mm. go off and become an adult it's going to be that much or harder inherit or inherit of- yeah. that too mm-hmm. or yeah. inherit yeah so you got a small time slot to kind of get it right and if you don't it's just that much harder but wait can we talk about school okay. yes so like, you're enduring whatever you're mm-hmm. enduring, which doesn't sound pleasant. No. Are, were there people at school that could have intervened? Like, were there signs? I mean, were... Uh, I don't know. Were you worried so. that the kids on the bus or even the bus driver would go back and say, hey, mm. we saw this happening? You know the world we live in? People forget. Mm. So they probably seen it and then didn't think nothing of it no more. Because I still got on the bus. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, my mom still dropped That's me off at the bus question. stop. Like, the driver never asked, Nobody hey, said were it. you okay yesterday? Not one question. Are you okay right now? I'm dropping no. you off and your stuff is in the yard. <laughs> no. Right. No. Yeah. So then how did they find out? Your mom literally, your mom went My to mom the school. My mom had to okay. go to the school okay. and talk to, I guess, the social worker. And the social worker told her about starting right now. I believe that's how it went down. I had never met the social worker until my mom had to talk to that to the lady. Do you wish there were people at school <clears throat> that would have intervened? I do wish there were people that could have done something. Mm. And like, are, were but, there things they should have noticed that they didn't? I don't know because I hide things so well. Yeah. So I don't even think they would have. Like I said, my friends that I literally sit with, talk to, hang mm. out with That's every day mm-hmm. had no idea I was homeless. When they would, because my mentor, like when Tony would drop me off, pick me up, I'm like, oh, that's my white mom. Like, yeah, her and my mom were friends for forever. Like, mm-hmm. that's not, like no, I, I wasn't going to tell you people like, yeah, I was, I was ashamed. Yeah. I was ashamed. You also told me that you, you did a lot of lying. Yeah, which, that too. Yeah. Correct. Which I understand. Yeah. You're a storyteller. You right. Yeah. <laughs> See? See? So, I mean, I do wish that somebody could have helped. So what do you wish they would have done? But I don't even know how. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how they would help, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, it's different, like. When all this stuff went down with my parents when I was younger and custody battles and that stuff before I moved to Florida, mm-hmm. um, my fifth grade, sixth grade teacher was a friend of the family. Mm-hmm. So she knew it was going down. So she did stuff. Like she would take me home sometimes or she would take me to the mall and buy me a shirt. Like little mm-hmm. stuff like that. That, I think, had such an impact on me at that time I didn't even know. Of course. I can't even imagine how, what that would have done for me if I was at this time 15, right. raising my little sister, homeless, like all that stuff, even more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's a really good point because I think... I mean, this is just my opinion, but yeah. one of the 
flaws with the education education system yeah. today is that there's a, an assumption that you enter the classroom and everything that is it's outside fine. the classroom just leaves. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, yeah. Which is not the reality is that yeah. you have a life outside yeah. that you're dealing with that mm-hmm. enters the classroom with right. you. And so having someone who's actually invested in your well-being, mm-hmm. I mean, in this case, it was a family yes. friend that you're Correct. describing. Yes. But I think a good educator would be someone who's invested in your well-being yeah. entirely. Right. Um, I mean, what to be fair, teachers do have a lot not just on. 15 students. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, mean, there I get are that. And if you're students. hiding it well, then mm-hmm. I, I don't expect people to. You know. Well, I mean, you, yeah, you of all people were like yes. really good at it because you were yes. extremely strong academically. Right. right. Did you, were you like, did mean. you have behavioral problems at school? No. Yeah, I can't imagine uh-uh. you. You just, yeah, everyday student. I went to school, I did what I had to do, mm-hmm. and I went home. That got was on the it. bus and you got home. And I mean, I had fun. Like, that was also my escape. I guess I also didn't even want to bring that to school because this is my fun part I can act like nothing is going what on what an interesting point that's really what it was yeah. I can pretend my life this is good land. yeah that's, that's kind of what it was why do you think that was the case for you because I know a lot of students that do not have that experience <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I also had that experience but I yeah. I mean I grew up very differently <laughs> but there are a lot of SRN students who find school yes. to be traumatic yeah. I always love school that's the thing I always love school I, I just think because that was something that it was stable I was good mm-hmm. at it mm-hmm. and everybody liked me there so it worked. It, it worked. My teachers liked me because I did my what I had to do when I was good, and my friends. I always had a bunch of friends, so it was just a it was a utopia for me. In a time so, where you didn't have stability, that yes, was so necessary. It was always stable. School was always stable. Even when I switched schools, like I went to like six different elementary schools growing up. Mm-hmm. Like even when I switched school, I mean moved to Florida mm-hmm. in the middle of seventh grade. Like I I could just acclimate really well, mm-hmm. and so school just always made sense to me. But Everything else outside of that just sucked. Much so I don't good. know. So I was able to. I don't, school just was that for me, and that's why I think it just. You were good at your job. I, yeah, mm-hmm. that was it. That was it. I love school. Can so. I ask one more thing about yeah. like your past? So being in Rochester. Yeah. I'm, I'm asking this because one of the things I want to communicate. I mean, I already said this, but yeah. I want to communicate the idea that homelessness is a series of cir- often a series of circumstances right. and maybe uninformed decisions, but not mm-hmm. by bad people. No. Um, and so when you say that you were also homeless in mm-hmm. Rochester, do you know why yeah. that was? My mom was trying to move to Florida when I was in fourth grade. She was trying to move to Florida. She was trying to move to Florida, but this was like, like I said, this was planned. We weren't supposed to be homeless. We were supposed to be moving. Like, so the house was packed up, you know, we were unregistered from school, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Last minute, my dad filed a custody, whatever, battle against her for my little brother. And that's what resulted in us being homeless then. Because she had to but pay for things that were unexpected? Well, you can't leave. Once somebody has you filed yeah, once somebody has filed custody papers or whatever against you, you can't leave the state. So she was stuck. Uh-huh. And so... With things already packed correct. and Everything already to planned to Whoa. Move. But then you right. were there until you were 12. Yes. So almost eight. So grade. the custody battle went on for two years. My mm-hmm. mom finally just quit, that's and that's why we ended up... I don't know if this is an inappropriate question, but did was your dad purposeful with the timing? <laughs> Question. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I guess. Well, we kept it a secret, though. It was a secret from my dad. You didn't know you were moving. Yes. Oh. Yes. Plot twist. So my mom kept it a secret from my dad. My cousin ended up snitching and told my dad, and he filed papers. Was there a reason it was a secret? My mom wanted to just go, I guess, and she didn't. Maybe she she probably knew that my dad was gonna make her stay. Okay. So that's probably why. So Mm -hmm. the only way he could make her stay, filing for custody, and then that lasted for two years. But in Rochester, you had family. Yes, that's probably. But you kept going to school. <laughs> yep. Yes, I ended up getting. That's the that's the fifth and sixth grade thing. teacher that I was with. That was like a family friend, and she I had her for fifth and sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I, I still talk to her. Like she texted me a couple weeks ago. There's nothing like, I love more than a yeah. good educator. Oh yes. Oh my god. Oh yes. I think even if she wasn't a family friend, she still she would have helped. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Because like I said, she still texts me and talks to me and stuff. So, but yes. Yeah, so I had been homeless before, but it's a totally different situation in that case. So what happens? You're, you're in SRN, you get accepted. Yes. And then what? So then we got an apartment, mm-hmm. and she helped my mom get a job. Miss Vicky helped my mom get a job, an apartment, a car, uh, like furniture and everything. Do you remember your first time meeting her outside of the interview? My mom. No, I just remember the interview day. Mm-hmm. Did you have thoughts about her? Like, who is this lady? Oh, that's a nice white lady. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She about to help me. That's all I care about. She's about to help nice? us. Because she's nice? about to help us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're looking for help and you got that it. That was it. Okay, so you get all these physical yes, stability. Physical and then what? Stuff. Everything is better for you uh, overnight? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because now, like, okay, we living by ourselves. Like I said, I have a baby sister. My mom's working, like, two and three jobs. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... Literally, this time for real raising her because, like, I'm 15, so I'm old enough. And so, when it came to crying, waking up crying, and changing a diaper and feeding her, like, I seen her take her first steps, like, all that stuff was me for those first three years. So, I mean, that was it for that part. That I guess we finally got a house, but stuff still were hard, you know, stuff still was hard. Um, and even the jobs that my mom had didn't pay much, so that was still a struggle. Um, and then I had to start doing classes and stuff. I think this part. I think this part that pissed me off. With SRN, you had to start doing stuff like Dale Carnegie and all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, lady, this is just supposed to get me a house. Like, I ain't signed up for all that. So then that's when she started to really get my attitude. Well, I'm sure it's also irritating because you have to go to school and take care of your siblings. And now this woman is. And I'm in AP classes. Y'all know AP classes is the worst. Uh Like the work you got to do for AP classes and take care of my sister. Like, ugh. You didn't have two hours a day. I don't have time. <laughs> and then, like, you know, SAT prep and all that stuff. I was like, oh, it was a drag. And then also, I just felt different from everybody else in my class, too, because everybody else was on their own. And I was like, nah, I still got a, I got a mom and I got a baby sister. Like, you know, like. In the SRN class. In the SRN class. Okay. Should so we I always talk about felt that? different. Because, okay, so usually in, in, like, you said this briefly, right. but usually in starting right now, the students we're helping are unaccompanied yes. youth. Yes. They are without They're by their themselves. Mm-hmm. Correct. There are various circumstances not. which yeah. make them alone. Correct. Um, and they live together, so they they closer. Like they have, a, a, so SRN offers like homes for the students to live together. But I mean, mm-hmm. that's not, that wasn't even the case. You're they were no, they were still staying in apartments together. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So like they were in the same area. I, I was gonna say because you're such an original student that <laughs> right. you didn't even have a it's housing facility. Before the housing, yes. Yeah. But they stayed in an apartment together, and like their situation was way more similar. So like they have, I don't know, it just they had a different kind of experience kind of than me. So I felt, yeah, I felt mm-hmm. like different. So we had a retreat. I just remember we did like zip lining and all that kind of stuff. And everybody was talking about their moms and like how their moms, I guess, like were absent or just not good or whatever. I kind of yell at my mom and I get upset with her and stuff. And mm-hmm. so, but hearing everybody share their story about their mom, and I was like. Dang, I feel like a brat. Like, who am I to talk about my mom like the way I do or think about her as bad when mm-hmm. it's really not as bad as some people that don't even have a relationship with their mom or their mom abused them or their mom kicked them out and all that stuff. And I was like, so that I was like crying because I was like, man, I'm seeing who my mom really is and mm-hmm. like and how grateful I am. Even though my circumstances suck, like it's still better than other people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just crazy. And I think that's a perspective that we often get lost in. Like, 
our situation sucks so bad, I can't see how anybody else's situation is <laughs> is no, bad, you know? I'm reacting so... because what you're saying is very powerful because yeah. for someone like me to say, be yeah. grateful, that doesn't right. really mean much because I grew nothing. up very privileged. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, for you to say it, it means yeah. something. Yeah. Well, so. and for you in that moment to have that feeling. Right. That's a hard... And retreat. Like, I retreat. I probably didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> right, because retreat is in the woods. Yes. And so now you got to go to school, take care of yourself, go to class, and, and now go to retreat. retreat. <laughs> right. Do you feel differently now about the, all those classes? Um, I wish I could have got stuff from them. Because, <laughs> like, Dale Carnegie and stuff. I think maybe also because, like, our classes before we really had to be into it. Like, I feel like the classes now, y'all yeah, really need to be in it. Like, you mm -hmm. know, you get stuff from it. Back then, I mean, all of us kind of hated it, though. So, like, none of us was really taking it seriously or mm -hmm. caring about it. So, I wish I would have appreciated it then. I mean, SAT prep was cool. Like, that, that was helpful. For sure. You know, SSG just coming into college, no big deal. That was important. That was key. But like Dale Carnegie and other stuff. And mm -hmm. I wish we could have did like the poetry. We didn't have the poetry thing. Like that would have been cool. So, but yeah. But I mean, the truth is, is that because y'all had the reaction y'all did, yeah. which was genuine, then yeah. we were like, oh, we should Switch add. Yeah. Or yeah. revise. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So. So how long were you in the program for? Because did you get in when you were 15? And so you yeah, spent two 15. years in high school? Yes. Okay. Uh huh. And then they follow you in undergrad too. So. How'd you feel about that? That was appreciative because like they definitely help you with scholarships, <laughs> which I need. Um, and they also check on your finances too. I think that's something that people that don't really know is that even if you're a you are a student in whatever circumstances yeah. who have who ha is academically sufficient yeah. enough to like be accepted into college, yeah. like mm -hmm. financing it is a whole nother whole thing. Whole nother thing, especially when you're first generation. Like nobody else exactly. is in college. Mm -hmm. So this is all new for me. I mean, even applying to the schools. I was what, say, forget what the finances, major, the paperwork what itself. To have, yeah. You're right. It's I so mean. Which everybody at SRN loved me because I turned in my stuff right then and there. Don't, don't, you send me something, it's getting done. Or I'll do it myself. My like, mom's I don't, so I, don't have, <laughs> I don't got time to wait. I'm not playing. So I would. So you were mean, successful. but you did your work. Yes. I was mean, but I, they knew. Anytime they text me, hey, Shankwell, this need to be it's done right mm -hmm. then and there. Like, I'm not going to play and wait. Because I know their job is serious, and I know they got a lot of students, and I know that everybody's not on it. Also, this is valuable to me. Like, I know I had to go to school. I didn't really know what was going to come from going to school, but I knew I had to go. Well, um, the thing I find so interesting is that, like, you were very intrinsically motivated. Yeah, right. Um, you know. had a very clear goal, yeah. mm -hmm. which is why you were turning things in when you needed to, yeah. because you cared True. yourself. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah. I think I'm making an assumption here, I mean, but it sounds like a lot of it came because you were so sure that school was stable. Yes. And so if anything happened again, you had I school. I had school. Mm -hmm. And I knew that school was the way out. Like school is not, my parents not having school is why they're in the situation they're in. Mm. And so they always pushed on me, you got to go to school, you got to get a degree so you can get a good job. You know, that's, everybody preached that to their kids. Mm -hmm. So, but I seen it and I was tired of being poor. <laughs> I mean, I'm still poor, but I'm definitely not going to be poor like this forever. So mm -hmm. I was like, I knew this is the way out and I won't have to jump from job to job and things like that. So I got to go to school. Like that was key. Can I say something really honest? Yes. Sure. I mean, obviously I agree with that. I am a person that yes. lives by that. Right. I really care about academics yes. myself. But recently I've, I've been feeling like True. we overvalue huh. yeah. um, education or at least we undervalue other things because right. we have plenty of students in the program that are not school yeah they're just I mean school does not value their strengths yes. so they don't succeed academically which I don't True. actually think is a fault of theirs no. there's um I agree 100%. yeah I think it's how you look at education though because yeah. I look at education as like for me that includes the voc tech programs because yes. it's like I don't think education just like oh academically 
You're no, going to go off and become degree. a bio major. No, you know, yeah. it's like you're educating yourself yeah. to become stable in whatever field. Right. And stability includes right. finances and everything else. So I don't think of it just like, yeah. let me teach Not education and math. No. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I think, I think a more expansive view is necessary. <laughs> yes. yeah. But we don't. We've just focused on get a degree. Like yeah, which was university. very much my mm-hmm. mindset when yeah. starting right now first started. Right. It was like the way out is education. You have to have right. a, a bachelor's and then go to grad yeah. school. Which you don't. Um, yeah, which you don't. And once again, like I, I'm, <laughs> that that worked for me. Yes. But I just think um, that doesn't work for everyone. No, no, not at definitely all. not. I have to tell you, um, one of the staff members who used to work here, Emily, we had this fun fact that we would share with all the kids always to get them excited about book tech programs. Uh-huh. We would say. As a female, you know, you can make $60,000 your first year as a plumber. And every kid will fall out their chair. <laughs> For real. And we're like, it's only a year of school. Become a yes. plumber. No, and they're like, all right, done. <laughs> I'm going to be a plumber. No one has become a plumber yet, but we get them pretty excited about the Votech programs. So SRN helped with finances. They helped with getting me established for school and stuff. Um, and then, then I just started school. So nobody really knew what was going to happen. So I started school freshman college. year. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. College, freshman year. Um, first semester, I was like, I did okay, but I didn't really know what was anticipated of me and how well you actually had to do and the importance of getting like a really good GPA to start off with. So that was a little rocky. So then I had never met with a pre-med advisor. I still I wanted to be a doctor. Go ahead. Sorry to cut you off, but yes. that's another thing someone might not realize is that even if you get to school, there's so much about being in school that mm-hmm. you wouldn't know unless someone told you. Yes. And so being a first-generation college student right. is very confusing because yes. mm-hmm. it's not modeled for you. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so the first semester was okay. I think I had like a 3.5 or something. But I needed to have a good GPA to start off with because class is going to get real after. I laughed because um, you said 3.5. It was okay. Just the 3.5. If you talk to any pre-med, that's literally like a 2.0. Like, that's how crazy it is. But you don't know that, you no. know? You don't know that. So second semester, I worked my butt off. And it didn't go up anywhere, like probably a mm. little bit. So I was Point like, Dang, six. I'm really uh-huh. messed up. And then sophomore year, I finally met with a pre-med advisor because you have to meet with that person um, to get your classes or whatever. So I meet with him, and he's like, yeah, if you want to be a doctor, when are you planning to go to school? Like, when are you planning to apply? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I want to go right after I finish with undergrad. He's like, oh, okay, so you got to apply your junior year. And I was like, huh? Wait, what? And then he was, like, telling me all the stuff I needed to get established. I'm like, oh, crap. So then I called Ms. Vicky, and I was like, okay, Ms. Vicky, like, I really want to be a doctor, and I have to apply by, ne- like, next year. Mm-hmm. I need I need a shadow. I need somebody to shadow. I need, like, an internship or something. Like, I, need, I just started listing off all this stuff. I need it. Like, and she was like, okay, when you come Why home. Why did you call my mom? Well, because she got all the answers. <laughs> she knew all the people. She got all the answers, and I didn't know how much of a resource she was until I got to college. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, now nah, I really need you for real." Mm-hmm. High school was easy. I had that. I didn't really need no help. But mm-hmm. college, this is different, and I have nobody to to ask these questions to. I didn't know. You know, who do I go to to get help? Have you thought like? If I didn't have this program in my life, who mm-hmm. was I going to call? In I have that no moment? idea because I didn't have a primary care doctor. I didn't have a pediatrician. Mm-hmm. So the, usually that's what people go to. Like, oh, I'll go to ask my pediatrician if I can shadow with him or something. I didn't have that. So that's what your classmates were doing. That's what going people do. That's what most people, anybody that's in but medicine, also, they go to people they know. I know plenty of people who were not applying to med school as a yeah. junior. That's I mean, that's exceptional that you're like, yeah, I'm I was, on it. I was doing too much. Yeah. Like, everybody doesn't <laughs> necessarily much. get in right away. Mm-hmm. No. No. They do not. So, <laughs> and I like, get in right in away? the pressure of 
Well, yeah, but through my master's program. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Just don't breeze over that casually. I yeah, did. I got blessed. Yes. I definitely got blessed. And I, I mean, seriously, Shinquil, I know people who yeah. who have worked so hard <laughs> yeah. and are very qualified and did not get into med, yeah. med school. I'm going to correct you. You were not blessed. Um, I wasn't blessed? No. <laughs> I remember being on the phone with you and saying, okay, I can get you the internships. Uh-huh you need to go find a research opportunity. Yes. And that was live on a Tuesday. That's true. And on Wednesday, you called me and said, okay, I have a research opportunity. <laughs> you know, I don't even remember this stuff. That's so true. That is true. That's your hustler spirit, Dang. though. Be, You're man, like, I'm I have to go find a research. Like, well, I'm going to get a research. Even just yeah. being like, finding the resources at the school That's and true. then yeah. and then reaching out to my mom and being like, this is what I need yes. if you mm-hmm. can help me. Yes. And then actually doing the internships. I mean, yeah. you did a bunch of internships, right? I did. Like what? Yeah. I did one with um, Dr. Norman. And then I shadowed, well, I shadowed the Dr. Gaynor, the pediatrician. Um, this is like over the summer? This is over the summer. Uh, my Well, before my junior year. So rising junior year. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But you come home and your mom's still stable. And I was having to raise money because I was doing a mission trip. So I had like... Was, so I did a mission trip that year too. Junior year, I applied to medical school. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was such a strenuous process, and like so much denial and so much question about your identity and stuff because you get the denials from these schools and you're not sure if it's gonna happen. And this is all I knew. Like this is that was it. Like that was my plan: go to medical school. I had mm-hmm. nothing else. There is no backup plan. There's no plan B. This has to work. I don't know what I'm gonna do if it doesn't. Um, so I did all that I could and ended up getting into Florida State's uh, Bridge to Clinical Medicine program. So I got my master's in one year, and then I became a first-year medical student last year. And so I just Woo! finished that. <laughs> oh, hey, what you yeah, so I just finished my first year in May and getting right. ready to start my second year in a couple of days. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> do you like it? I do. I like it. It's very stressful. Like, <laughs> nothing like I've ever done before. It's kind of like coming into undergrad like how it was like before mm-hmm. it was like a whole new experience and a bunch of questions well it is med school it is med school so. <laughs> um so i'm thinking now of being a pediatric surgeon uh we'll see that's so much more school <laughs> it's like clearly i don't ever want to leave school or something no. <laughs> i don't know what's wrong with me i don't know i don't know um but yeah that's that's what i'm thinking of right now i feel kind of strongly about that um shadow a surgeon actually it was a really cool experience so yeah, I'm thinking I like it, and we'll see what happens. But second year, need all the prayers because I take my first board exam, we'll and that determines if you get into a residency program and what residency program you will get into. So I'm not worried. Somehow I yes. believe that you will get through. <laughs> Where is your mom and baby sister while you're in school? Oh, they're at home. And so they've remained stable? Yeah. Since you? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, they, I mean, they make it work. Obviously, I felt guilty because, like, I, I left, so... Mm-hmm that's kind of gone and I mean they still struggle but I had to really I had to get out and that's why that's also why I picked Florida State because I knew that it was enough distance away from home that I wasn't going to be going home every week or my mom couldn't come and like just add that pressure on me again like Mm -hmm. it was like me finally taking those steps to like I got to separate myself if I want to go far I'm not going to go anywhere really if I stay here so like that's why Florida State was my yes Mm -hmm. I had to go um do you still feel guilty yeah yeah. Are you guilty that. about your success or just guilty about leaving? Guilty about leaving. Mm. I know that I have to be successful, mm-hmm. but it's also part of me because I have to help them. Mm. And unfortunately, that's how it is. <clears throat> For when you grow up in poverty, you got to make it out so you can help everybody else. 
and not just you making it out so you can do well, like, you know, succeed or whatever. Yeah. But it's always, you got to go back. You got to help them get this. All of us, oh, dream, got to get my mom a house. Like, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. But you don't realize that because that's how everybody is around you. Like, that's the environment. You got to work to help your mom out so she don't have to work no more, so she get a car, so she have a house. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not your role as a kid. But that's how we are grown up. That's how we're taught. And if you don't do that, then you, you're bad. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not a good person. And <laughs> so, yeah. And you're saying that doesn't work. I mean, why doesn't that work? Um, well, it's just not right. It's okay. just not right. And I, I didn't realize that pressure. until recently. Yeah, I didn't realize mm -hmm. that until recently that it's not right. Granted, I'm still going to help my mom and stuff, but that's not my role. Like, that's not why. To take well, care it's of funny all because that person. I actually mm -hmm. think, I also, I mean, I agree with you that yeah. that's not your role as a child. Mm -hmm. But also I think that by improving yourself and being the best version of you yeah. as defined by you is the best thing for everyone. Correct. Um, but that's not enough. That's not enough. <laughs> right. I mean, that's easy for me to say I'm not. That's a, well, and you know that your parents will be safe yes, and stable. Yes. And yeah. there's this thought process that yeah. my mother and my right. sister can at any point in Correct. time be homeless. Yeah, again. they just struggled to pay the rent like two months ago. So mm. it's not much has changed. Yeah, I'm in medical school, but I, it's still a struggle. And I definitely can't help now because I don't even work. So I'm living alone, so I really can't help, you know? So mm -hmm. it's like, I deal, I deal with that. So when I come home, it's always like, the pressure is back on or I'm thinking about how I can help or whatever. So mm -hmm. it's not something I ran away from or really can get away from. But I knew I had to. No, but I imagine there's probably a way myself. to have a healthy balance. And we're working on that. Yeah. It's a process because I have to, I'm initiating how to, so it's still me. It's mm -hmm. still me working on how to get this well, right. Yeah. Yeah. How do I get this right? Literally. Mm -hmm. So So why don't you tell us what's yes. been your proudest moment so far? Get into medical school for sure. Yeah, get into medical school and then finish it in the first year. <laughs> yeah, finish it in the first I mean, year. That must feel like such a major accomplishment because it is yeah. such a long process. Literally. Mm -hmm. so I mean, that you you were dead set on as dead, a high 12. schooler. Yeah. At 12. Oh, middle school. What? <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually here for real. Like, mm -hmm. what? I would take a minute and enjoy that. I mean, yeah. like, I. Yeah. yeah, like, as a friend, I just want to say to you, like, appreciate where you are. For real. Mm -hmm. We'll yeah. just take a moment and be like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Well, damn, yeah. girl, you did it. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Despite, the Despite everything else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Why don't you tell us how your life would be if you did not have SRN in it right now? Um, I'm hopeful that I still would have figured something out. Mm -hmm. But I, like I know that, that SRN, <laughs> I know that SRN helped me for sure and made it a little bit more easier. Mm -hmm. But I'm hopeful that I still would have researched real that. hard and try to find or connect with somebody. That's and why not I like you. <laughs> But SRN definitely helped me in my process. Like I said, every step of the way, even with stuff I didn't care about or thought was significant, um, it, it it impacted me. Mm -hmm. And it blessed me with people in my life that are there, that I'm cool with, that I get to talk to and stuff like that. And opportunities like this, you know, to share my story, like, this is all so awesome. So I think it was definitely placed in my life at a perfect time and mm -hmm. helped me through my process. Who would have known being homeless would have resulted in me being here. It's my favorite storyline. You know? From homeless to mess. From homeless to mess. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it helped me for I sure. I just want to say that uh, recently you reached out to me to help you with something, and yes. I loved that. Yes. Because to okay, me, good. oh my, yeah. <laughs> to me, that's like um, we have a genuine friendship. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and I text you, like, hey, don't think I'll just text you because I need some help. Yeah, like, I, I want to know how you're doing for real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes. And, like, the fact that I can be a help to yes. you in any way and that you feel comfortable enough asking me is, like, I love that. It speaks to this family that we yes, build. for mm -hmm. sure. 
And like SRN, like I said, I think at the last Christmas thing, like SRN brings in like either make makes y'all good people or brings in good people. I don't know, <laughs> but like literally, I've always just met like the the most awesome people through SRN. Same. So it's cool. This is definitely like a little a little utopia, a little thingy. A little utopia. <laughs> I like that. Well. Thanks, Shanquell. Thank this has so been much. very powerful yes, for me, I know, because I didn't know these pieces of your story. So yes. thank you for sharing. I love it. This is awesome. Yeah, and congrats on all your success. It's well thank deserved. Thank you. If you are a high school student in Tampa Bay and do not have a stable home, or you know someone in this situation, please contact your social worker about starting right now. This podcast is brought to you by Humana Foundation, Hillsborough Education Foundation, and WEDU. If you are listening and want to donate a service or funding, please contact info at startingrightnow.org. Thank you.